The bomb was just the beginning. Despite all of the destructive force held within, nobody knew what was to come in the wake of the explosions. A force much more destructive and terrifying. A sentient, giant beast of godlike power. This huge mutant will surely mean the end of our civilization unless we combat it with something. But how do you destroy a beast this terrible? What even worse and more diabolical weapon must be created to combat it? Where does it end? What's the final death toll? I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We'll tear your soul Hello, everyone. This is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about things... Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about all things horror, I think, uh, is how we normally say it. <laughs> I'm so tired! <laughs> yeah, I apologize. This is my fault. <laughs> this might be when I wake up. I guess you and I are, are usually awake early, but regardless, I, I can take the rest if you want. You seem like you're stumbling through it. No! <laughs> this is Podcast of the Dead. <laughs> Podcast about all things horror related. I am fucking Zach Palmer, <laughs> and that guy is is Isaac Wright. <laughs> oh. Joining us from sunny, sunny Voidland <laughs> is Chrissy Beetle. All right, lads. Just just to inform everyone as to why this comes off as a little less polished <laughs> than our normal recording. Oh, uh, we had our changeover. Our uh, recording schedule, so now we're doing this at like 7 o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. And so we're all just dead tired. Well, <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy is oh, less... Oh, 7 o'clock on Sunday, central time, all in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, Chrissy is it has the opportunity for more sleep, maybe, but... Uh, <laughs> Does uh, doesn't it? because they got a new job. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why we have to change the schedule around. So we're still getting used to it. Thanks for sticking with us. Sorry there was no episode last week. Uh, we're still trying to figure this fucking schedule out. A little anecdote. Uh, I, I I just was hanging out on Saturday afternoon, and eventually, you know, I had a couple beers, and eventually, I just passed out for the day, and so I fell asleep, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I woke back up, and I looked at the clock, and it was still dark outside and everything, and I looked at the clock, and it was already eight something, and I was like, oh shit! So I texted Zach. I'm like, oh fuck, I overslept again, and then I was walking <laughs> to the bathroom. I looked at my phone again. I'm like, oh wait, that says PM. It's still Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday at 8 p.m. <laughs> Yesterday at 8 p.m. Let me see. What did you text me? You said, you said, well, I overslept. How about you? Sorry. <laughs> or wait, it's still Saturday. XD. <laughs> That's Good what like you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, at least, I, right. at least I remembered that I had the obligation. At least I knew that I was supposed to be doing something. The point is, we're here now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're talking really. about we're talking about my favorite subject today. I'm gonna try not to rant about it. We'll get to that later. <laughs> of course, the first thing we got to talk about is really we're not gonna talk about much of it. Uh, yeah. Is <laughs> horror news? 
Yay. Yeah, three yeah. items of news. <laughs> we're going to only talk about a little bit of news today because there's so much since we were gone, and we really just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of feeling a, a more chill vibe on the yeah, news section today. It's more conversational today. Yeah. <laughs> first things first, we had a good, we had a very very important birthday. Mm-hmm. The best boy. Yeah. We had it was Kane Hodder's sixty fifth birthday on oh, wow. April eighth. Oh yeah! Happy birthday! So Everyone I'm... knows Kane Hodder from Friday the Thirteenth. We might have we might have already talked about this. I think we have before talking about him. How many of the movies did he play Jason in? Seven, eight, um, and nine. Seven, eight, and nine. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seven, eight, and nine. he also no, and ten. Jason X. Oh shit! Was he in Jason X? Yeah. He was in Jason X. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And he was one. also in. <laughs> he played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Okay. Cool. He was Freddy Krueger's clawed glove hand in Jason Goes to Hell as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he. Because that would have been was... weird to get Robert England for just that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he was gonna be Rob, uh, Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street. Like the originally. original one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, before they chose Robert England for it. He was considered... Uh, it would have been real weird to have... Yeah, no, I don't know what, what Kane Hodder like, look, really looks like or how he talks or He's whatever. a big buff dude. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I thought. Jason is normally big and buff, and so, yeah, for a big buff Freddy, too, that'd be like... He's kind of a friendlier-looking Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy would be like a JoJo character if Kane yeah. Hodder played him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he also oh, um, was in the Hatchet movies. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He he a good lad. He's apparently very sweet. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I I want to meet him someday. Yeah. One uh, day we'll go to a horror con and I'll say, "Hey, Kane Hodder." You're fucking awesome. He'll be like, I know, right? We can give him a hug. Can we? Is that physical touch allowed? Sometimes he lets people give him (laughs) hugs. I think with consent, yes, everything is okay, but don't just go up and just glomp onto him, please. No, I mean, like... Please don't glomp. Please don't... (laughs) Please don't glump Kane Hodder like some weird Jason furry. Oh, whoa, what's this? There's a big shirt on that just says, no glomp, please. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, since we've been gone, uh, it was announced that Mark Hamill is doing the voice of the new Chucky in the new Child's Play. Which... Uh, is both kind of cool, but also kind of worrying, because, you know, Mark Hamill's, like, voice acting range really hasn't been more than just the Joker for years and years and years. Oh, well, so. he's done quite a few other things. Yeah, he's done, he's done other stuff. Yeah, mm, the, but, like, Mark Hamill is actually kind of hard to place when you try and... When, when yeah, you, I guess like, that's true. When you're not looking for him, mm-hmm. yeah. he does stuff that you, you weren't expecting. Yeah, he's in regular show, I think, and I can't figure out who he is. For a while, he I thought skips. he was Benson. He skips, yeah. See, I yeah. wouldn't have guessed that at all. See? Yeah, okay. So maybe I'm wrong. But yeah. I, I'm just I'm just wondering what kind of direction he's been given for Chucky. I like I really hope it isn't like, oh, let's just make him like a, jo- a Jocker ripoff. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm worried about. The Jocker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's, what he, that's what happened in the Spider-Man cartoon. In the Spider-Man cartoon, he plays the Hobgoblin. Yeah. But yeah. he does it exactly like Joker, and you're just like... Hmm, this wasn't really. I think he also did that with the trickster, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did. The trickster's uh, kind of different, though, because he played the trickster in real life, like yeah, IRL. Yeah, it's slightly mm. different, but... The voice is pretty similar. But, right? yeah, no, his trickster voice was, like, the prototype for the Joker, because mm-hmm. yeah. he did the Joker after that. Yeah, because the Flash TV show was older. 1990, yeah. yeah. I so, mean, he was in a Venture Brothers episode, and I couldn't place him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. So, yeah, so it could go either way. I think I'm excited, though. All I want is the first line that Chucky says when you see him in the new Child's Play movie is he just he just gets up in somebody's face and says, gamers raise up. What kind of AI algorithm would cause that to happen? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I wonder. <laughs> we live in a society, says, oh, says Chucky. I'm... Gosh. Speaking of the new Joker film, oh, <laughs> oh god, yeah, can we what is, can we not mention what, that mess? Did you? Uh, I know it exists. I know. Did nothing you not about see it. the trailer for no, the Joaquin Phoenix one? I don't really care. Uh, I I like Joaquin Phoenix. I'm just gonna pre- preface it with that. But the new Joker film just looks it looks cringe. It looks really cringy. Yeah. I mean, no, Suicide but... Squad did do, and they're making a second one of those, so they're never going to learn. DC's just not going to learn. No the new jo- Joker man. film, the new Joker film is black pill as hell. Yeah. It's very, it's incel fuel. Yeah. No bully clown man. If you bully the clown man, he will go kill you. Okay, I don't even want to talk about the Joker anymore. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we were going to talk about today is uh, they are releasing or remaking or something of Poltergeist they're, again. They're, they're doing remaking Poltergeist. They're, they're bringing this IP re-remaking. back from the dead to be shitty once more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, how else to describe it. I didn't like the fucking coach special episode of the whoa, first whoa, movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then... whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Before we get too deep into this tone of voice... <laughs> Let's just say that we're all not huge fans of Poltergeist. <laughs> the first one's good. It's like I said, fun. I cannot, I cannot differentiate it from an episode of Coach. Okay, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. That's all it is to me. It's just like a special that they released on Halloween one oh year. Oh my god! Look, the, the first one is fun, and it's uh, it's fun, but I really I. I really don't like it. Like, Steven Spielberg should try and stay away from horror movies. Steven yeah, Spielberg, Spielberg should try thing. and stay away from movies anymore. I mean, look at Ready Player One. <laughs> hey, no, well, I at mean, this that's... point, yes. I, I agree with you. At this point in his career, stop. Like, <laughs> No, I think I, I think he still has some, some good stuff left in him, but it's just like, yeah, don't... The problem with Re- Ready Player One was just that it had so many other copyrighted references in it that he didn't want to pay for, or the studio didn't want to pay for, so they just reverted back to things that they already had because of Steven Spielberg. So that's the only reason they just... They spent all their debt, money like, on licensing and no money on writing. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, and so I think that was just a bad, I like a bad story for Steven Spielberg to touch in the first place. It's a bad story like, for anyone to touch. No, I mean, uh, from what I've heard, uh, people have told me that they really enjoy the book. That the book has really good moments and it's a good read, but it is so referential. It's so pop culture heavy that yeah, it's not a good thing to put into movies. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's yeah. just me though. Yeah. So what did everybody do? In the two weeks that we weren't <laughs> recording this shit. <laughs> I did record store day. <laughs> yesterday, yes. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. April 13th. It is April 14th. I did record store day and picked up the Twin Peaks Season 2 soundtrack. It's really pretty and is colored vinyl, which made me buy it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was not awake in time for record store day. 
Well, technically I was, but I didn't want to go anywhere because it was hailing. Mm -hmm. It was hailing hailing yesterday. yesterday. I was queued up in the cold from very early. Yeah, no, that's how I woke up yesterday was the sound of hail. Oh, Because no. <laughs> it's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and in Texas, it just hails randomly sometimes, uh, especially when it's, like, weirdly cold like it mm-hmm. is now. Yeah, it got super cold for no reason. It's, it's like, 40 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. here. I have to specify with you because you always seem to think I'm talking, I'm saying Celsius. Yeah. We live on the sun. Yeah, we, yeah, we live on the sun. <laughs> Although you would probably think that because it is really hot it here to you. It feel like I was walking on the sun when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Now I'm just thinking of that uh, Smash Mouth song. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I did I did absolutely nothing in the time that we were gone. Uh, I watched a shit ton of regular show, but I did go see Us, and that was a really good film. Uh, Told we, you. Are, we already did a little snippet review of it before, yeah. so I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, except there were just a lot of little things about it that just, like, brought it all together really yeah. well. And, you know, a hallmark of a good movie is always, like, how much you can talk about it with another person, just, like, you know, just at work. We just fucking talked almost the entire shift about it and things that we picked up at different times, like yeah. early stuff that the mother did that made you think that she might be not, like, not all there and right. everything like that. I don't want to spoil the twist or anything, but, I mean, I think by this point, most of our listeners will have seen it. And Chrissy has not seen it. Because I'm too busy <laughs> yeah. fucking working. I have time yeah, to do no, we shit all... all. <laughs> That's the struggle. It is definitely the struggle. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, us is definitely one we're going to talk about on this yeah. show. Yeah, I would definitely uh, like to. It, mm-hmm. We're probably going to talk about Get Out first. But yeah. oh, also my friend Ryan at work. It, this is going to mean there's two now. There's two people that want us to do this. She she recommended the Bye Bye Man. Oh, no. She said Bye Bye Man no. is something that, that we should watch and maybe talk about. I refuse I... to talk about the Bye Bye Man. Shout out! To, I'm not doing shout it. Shout out to Stephen Rankin who uh, is never having the Bye Bye Man reviewed <laughs> on here from us. That's what I'm saying. This is this is the most requests we've gotten. We have now two people want us to talk about this film. No, I know. If, if we can put it on the movies that suck. Uh, they're block. bad. Yeah, they're I bad. Mean, we yeah. Could put it on their bad. Uh, yeah. But I also don't yeah. want to watch it again. <laughs> okay, we might talk about the Bye Bye Man on uh, their bad. Episode, okay, okay. That's all I'm gonna say. There's no promises. Stop asking. Yeah, please. And I have, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what, I, why everyone hates it so much. I get asked uh, almost every week. Stephen always asks me all the time, "Can we review the Bye Bye Man?" <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend's oh, a bitch. Oh, what? I do want to talk to directly to one of our avid listeners, uh, Simon, uh, who is the the new drummer for my band Raycon. Uh, he had mentioned to me uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was during the Toxic Avenger episode or hey. something uh, that I was I was saying adaption instead of adaptation. And all I can say is go fuck yourself. Son. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying adaption just to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I feel like I mentioned it like early on. You probably and, did, and, but you and were I'm just like, sure, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm sure I'm pissing off multiple people by not saying adaptation and saying adaption because I know it's not correct, but I don't care. I mean, you know, words are your playground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> words are my playground. Uh, 
And, and what I what I mean by that is it's like they're bugs and I'm ripping the legs off of them slowly. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you meant there was like, you know, dirt or there was like poop like uh, underneath all like the mulch and everything like that. And every once in a while you step in it. But it's okay because you can just wipe it off on the grass. It's right outside like the little wooden like, you know, uh, Is that not what sandboxes are? Or That's not, what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> are not just like giant kid litter boxes? Is that not essentially. <laughs> Woods are the pinata... And you're the child whose parents just announced getting divorced during their birthday party. <laughs> that went in a different direction than I thought it would. Woo! <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that's quite enough news. <laughs> How informative. <laughs> now we will talk about something that I will try not to rant about. <laughs> That's my best noise. Right. That's my best noise for 7 o'clock yeah. in the morning. That's, that's my best noise. <laughs> I was specifically trying to do a Godzilla noise. Whatever, fuck you guys. <laughs> I can't do a Godzilla noise. Podcast of the Dead. Okay. This week. <laughs> And I'm trying. I'm going to try not to rant this episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite franchises. Oh, actually, my favorite franchise. Yeah, of I was about all time. to say, don't yeah, say, don't like, quantify it with a, anything extra. Yeah, this yeah, is your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it is my favorite franchise of all time. But specifically, we're talking about the first film. We're talking about Gojira. From 1954. Now, I did have a question for a little bit of background. Uh, mm. So, when you were younger, what what was like the first Godzilla film that you remember seeing? Godzilla 2000. Godzilla 2000. Okay, so well, you and I actually, I think, no, saw the same. Well, let me let me say it this way: the first Godzilla film I ever saw, quote unquote, was the 1998. Was Godzilla. the American one? The one. That, well, because I mean, that was the one that we saw over here. Yeah. Uh, the Matthew Broderick one with that's a lot of fish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That one. Um. But the first real Godzilla film mm-hmm. I ever saw was Godzilla. Okay, and so I think you and I probably had a very similar viewing sequencing because I, I remember seeing the first one first, the the American one first, yes. and then seeing Godzilla yeah. two thousand in the theater with my other Godzilla file friend. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and to its credit, the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla is what got me into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But it's awful. So, uh, and then my other question was, what really maintained your interest? Like, what got you into it so hard? I, are you kidding me? Big fucking monsters <laughs> shooting laser son. beams at each other and shit? Like, are you fucking kidding me? See, like, I don't know. See, it's, I just had a different experience. So, like, it was, thing- it's little things. So it's like, I saw Godzilla 2000, and then, like, no. it was, like, a few years later... Uh, Final Wars came out, mm. and I I saw Final Wars like I saw it in a blockbuster, mm. and I was just like, that looks cool. And Final <laughs> Wars is fucking amazing. Yeah, I've heard that's one of the uh, like, best ones. It's it's really good mm. in like the worst way. I don't know, like <laughs> it's fair. it's great. They there's a scene with the American Godzilla, oh, Godzilla yeah. from 1998, <laughs> where like like real Godzilla just whoops his ass, nice. well, whoops her ass because she's a, yeah, it's yeah. A girl we Godzilla. Anyway, uh, they never did make that sequel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, ne- they never did. Yeah. So I saw I saw Final Wars. I rented it from Blockbuster, and then I got uh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee for GameCube. Uh-huh. The nice. fighting game, and I played the fuck out of it, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of grew from there. Okay. Like I started watching like all of the other Godzilla films, like in my in my spare time, which as a kid I had a lot of because uh, <laughs> I had I did not have many friends. Uh, <laughs> well, until I got into high school, and then I Godzilla got a lot of is your friend. <laughs> Godzilla is my only friend. 
Uh, y'all are all posers. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that we can never live up to the big monster boy. The big boy. You can never give me a monster hug of that gra- of that <laughs> of that that size and magnitude. Squish. I can, Squish. I can. I can. Tr- See, I watched the 1998 Godzilla. I watched that, and then I was completely turned off Kaiju for like yeah. years. <laughs> I, yeah, as you would. And be. then I watched Mothra, and I was like, oh. I like that. I like that but, big mothy boy. But, and, see, that's a weird thing. I just never really got into Godzilla in a big way, but I was super into Power Rangers and stuff, and it's, like, the same it's, type of, yeah. like, f- deal. It's the same realm. Yeah, Sentai yeah. is very, very similar to yeah. Kaiju. So, I don't know. So, it, it's just weird, because, like I said, I had a friend at the time that was super into Godzilla, and yeah. I would go and see the movies with him and stuff, and but I just never got grabbed by it in the same way that a lot of people seem to, and I was just, I, I just found it interesting. And, and it's kind of like that thing that, that with Power Power Rangers, like, mm. there's a lot of American people, like, American dudes <laughs> who <laughs> yes. are really into Power Rangers, yeah. and they're, like, you know, and they're really, especially into the Sentai, mm-hmm. like, specifically because it's Japanese, and they're just, like, they, they like, know the whole lore behind it. Yeah. That's me, but with Godzilla. <laughs> I, like, I have uh, a friend who's really into Sentai. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love Sentai. Like, yeah. uh, you... Uh, Chris, you could probably see the Megazord from yeah. the, the camera. In fact, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna preface this with I fucking love Godzilla, <laughs> and I'm gonna try not to rant too much, uh, especially since we're kind of limited on time here uh, to you know uh, under 15 hours. Uh, so <laughs> you have you have the Bonner for the Godzilla. The what? Oh, the Bonner. The big Bonner for Godzilla. I have a big Godzilla Bonner, uh, and it's it's huge and massive, much like Daddy Godzilla. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't, Crush I, I, me, Daddy Godzilla. So. <laughs> Please segue before, quickly. <laughs> before, before we get into all, all that Godzilla mess, and I don't want to get into too much of the actual franchise of Godzilla, because that'll take forever. There's like 30 two Godzilla films and it's mm-hmm. there's just so much. Let's talk about mm. the first one. But first, before we talk about the film, we have to talk a little bit about Japan in this era and uh like what basically the cultural climate that this movie came out in and the things that led up to uh kind of the political things that are talked about in this film. Cuz yeah, the the real distinction between this and a lot of the later ones is this one is very socially conscious. It's <laughs> oh, very. The Japanese one specifically is very serious in tone. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's like even though there's a big monster, there's a big guy in a rubber suit walking around, <laughs> you're still sitting there thinking like, wow, they're like fuck it. They're serious about this mm-hmm. shit. This is very it's very much a socially conscious film. Right. Uh very and, much. and that's the thing that you have to go into with this film. That's it's the thing that you have to understand about this film is it is not a joke. It's they're serious about this shit and they're they're really serious about the allegory of nuclear war in this and like just this the uh, political climate that was going on the cultural climate that's going on they're trying to make some statements here and we're going to talk about them uh so, but first let's talk about post-war japan so we all we all know about uh you know how the war ended of course it was that we yeah. we dropped two bombs on, on well japan. the the reason behind that i mean just a little bit of history the war had gotten to a stalemate, and yeah. we were losing shit tons of people. They were losing shit tons of people, and our president 
kind of an asshole, decided that the only way to induce a surrender would be to nuke them. And so they stand as the only country on Earth to have ever had nuclear weapons used Good against old them Truman. in warfare. Good old Truman. Yeah. So uh, we're definitely the bad guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I mean, of course, obviously. Well, just, it, America's always the bad guy. And, and, and the thing <laughs> is... Just like England is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's either imperialism or America. Capitalism. You know, yeah, American, good old American capitalism. Um... But the, the thing is, a lot of people don't don't understand or at least know about this era, especially people of our generation who, and they don't talk about this a lot in history classes anymore. There was a period. No. There was a period after the war where we occupied Japan, mm-hmm. where we, and we still yeah. occupy. We'll say that this period from like the end of the war to 1952, which is we'd say that's hard occupation, and then the part mm. the the part. Pretty much up to present day is what we would call soft occupation, where we still have troops in Japan, and we still have mm-hmm. installations in Japan. But at this uh, point, we, we are treasured allies. We are no longer an occupying force. Treasured no. allies you're, with quotes. We're too busy <laughs> occupying other countries that have oil. Yeah, <sighs> we're too busy hard occupying other countries. Yeah, right. And, and, and I, I'm going to just say right now, if you haven't seen Shin Godzilla, if you're a big Godzilla fan like I am, or you're a big Evangelion fan, like a Neon Genesis Evangelion fan, watch Shin Godzilla because it kind of uh, analyzes that relationship, the current day relationship between Japan mm-hmm. and yeah, America it really, really does. well. Yeah, I think that Shin Godzilla, yeah. other than the first Gojira... The Shin Godzilla is probably one of the other ones that really sits and makes you think about politics and yeah. the way the world the, is. And that's what's really good about Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla is about the same level of politically and culturally conscious that this film is. Mm-hmm. And it shows you the same I'm... types of disaster relief efforts and stuff. Yes. And, and how this would... And how bureaucracy gets in the way. Yeah, And like exactly. that kind of thing. It's really good. I it's vaguely re- remember discussing that same sort of thing with my friend Hamish, who is really excited to hear this episode. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And so, so the the occupation, like I said, ended in 1952. In the in this period of occupation, though, there was you know there's a lot of cultural change since there was a lot of American troops there. Uh, Japan, yeah. a lot of the culture of Japan got uh, a lot of Western influence. There's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of American films that made their way over there. Uh, one of the big ones was uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which was released in 1953. Uh, which was a big influence on this movie, and the beast from oh, from twenty thousand. Def- the beast from that. yeah, the beast from twenty thousand fathoms is like kind of a precursor to the the kind of kaiju film uh, thing that we see uh, in that is started essentially with Gojira, mm-hmm. uh, mm. and in kaiju, uh, we'll we'll get into the history of kaiju a little bit later, but kaiju is essentially what is the name, the Japanese name for these big, huge monster movies, essentially, like Rodan and Mothra and Gojira and Gamera and that type of thing. That's all, those are all kaiju films. That's that's what they're called. Uh, and so in this, in this period of post-war Japan, in 1947, the National Diet is created, which is basically the new governing body for Japan. It's like, it's basically like kind of our, ho- our House of Representatives, mm-hmm. our Congress, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and then you know it's kind of like the parliament in in Britain. It's it's they're kind of the similar uh, establishments essentially. Federal governing body. Right. Yeah. There's, <laughs> um, there's it seems um, in one of the one of the few notes that I was I was given that Blindy picked up on that and like how it's relevant to the like the political power and shift in power between sort of militaristic 
mm-hmm. going back to sort of militarizing while the scientists are like, oh, I just want to learn from the Godzilla boy. Please don't <laughs> yeah. kill him. Yeah, so this period of occupation, we see a shift, like we said, from like a very militarized society, the imperial society, to a more democratic one. Mm. One that is more is more people-focused, of course. And that's the, when the, the national diet is established, that's kind of when we see that shift is like, okay, now we have a governing body that speaks for us. It's not like basically martial law uh, like it was during the war, because that's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was very uh, military governed yeah. Uh, yeah. Before, like during the war and just a little bit before the war. And then, yeah, and their, then, their political system was very much like one of those cults of personality where you have the emperor at the top, and yes. then second to that only is the military, and they kind of, kind of run the show just as much. And then I think they had like a figurehead president during the imperial era, or, or a prime minister or something, but he was more just kind of there, yeah, to be a spokesperson yeah. essentially. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so you see this shift in this post-war era, and. It's really important to know that that context for this film because of the things that they address here, especially, uh, you know, like there is this whole courtroom scene that we're going to talk about that is mm-hmm. that's kind of the embodiment of what the culture was going through at that yeah. time period. Uh, but the there's a, a big shift culturally, politically, and then we see the large influence of America on the culture at that time, too. Like we talked, we talked about the films that are coming over, but you know, also some, uh, just some ideals uh, that are coming over to Japan. Like we're starting to see like the permeation of like, okay, maybe women have more of a voice in society than they used to, kind of thing. We see, we see, uh, kind of there's kind of a glaze of misogyny over this whole film. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can you can kind of see it, and then there there is like there's this courtroom scene. I'm going to talk about the courtroom scene because that's that's an important one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're they're talking basically they're talking about what they should be doing, what what how they're going to address this big monster problem, and specifically what kind of information they're actually going to release to the public. Yes, yeah. yeah. So there's so there's a I, I guess it's not a courtroom. It's like more of like a forum. Yeah, essentially where they're exactly talking what they about it. what what how they should address and how what kind of it, information should be permeated to the mm-hmm. public and there's uh basically the men talking on one side <laughs> and saying one thing and then there is this group of women saying I don't, another think it, thing. I don't think the group is just of women but i think it's like the the public that's there and um but the most vocal is this one woman and so yeah. i i felt like that was a really good way to present it because yeah this is a point when women are definitely taking a lot more charge in society and becoming a lot more vocal. And the 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 argument they have is that they want to keep all the information about this this giant lizard thing. They want to keep all that information classified and keep people in the dark about it. Whereas the public, led by this one woman, she's like, "No, everyone needs to know this shit. Like, this is a public safety issue. Get mm. your shit together." It's also a difference, like a difference in culture from the US because obviously the women were still quite subservient in the states at the time. Yep. Yeah. So this was yeah, the very it's like nuclear family focused uh it's very much the American dream, the 2.5 kids. Yeah. The, yeah, but we haven't the re- house. We, we haven't reached the civil rights area yet. So. Right, exactly. This is still uh Segregated society, still segregated, separate but equal. Wise. It's yeah. it's very much that type of American society. Mm-hmm. The good old days, Ugh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a socially great era for 
women, minorities. Uh, it still is it. I was about to but, say, I don't, think we've, I don't think America has had a good era for women and minorities. Yeah. We kind of consistently fall back into just old white men ruining everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of kaiju and kind of... I, we, Basically, the history of kaiju begins and ends with Godzilla. But so Godzilla is considered to be the first kaiju. Gojira is considered by many to be the first kaiju okay. film. This, yes. So other than the, the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, this type of story really hadn't been brought to the There's screen before. There's big monster movies and a lot of, like, 50s American movies. Like, yeah, I remember, there's, like, there's... The Blob and the one with the big ants and stuff. Yeah. But nothing on this scale. Yeah, but yeah, it's not really... But all of those came... Around this era, mm-hmm. and they're like, not nothing... socially conscious, right? Yeah, it, but there's just like a lot of yeah, big monster movies, especially in America at this time. It's just and like King Kong. Yeah. King Kong. Well, King Kong was like in the 30s, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like this this era of just like hey, let's make big monster movies. But this, out of all of them, uh, American or Japanese or otherwise, is the most socially conscious of all of mm-hmm. them. I think. Uh, it's the one that is making the biggest statements and saying the most politically. Uh, and there is, I mean, the history of kaiju is, it's it starts and ends with Godzilla, but there, of course, there are other films that came out after Godzilla that kind of, and they're all kind of part of the Toho universe, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like, you know, it's like Gamera and Rodan and Mothra and all those. Those all kind of came together. And then you have, like, the big, like, uh, you have, like, uh, Ultraman. Oh yeah, and, I forgot know, about Ultraman. Like, Ultraman's yeah. a really good example of that, and that's almost like uh, a merge of Kaiju and Sentai. Yeah, of the way yeah. that he's uh, portrayed and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, no, I totally forgot about Ultraman. Ultraman. Yeah, but it's kind of like yeah, yeah, but it's kind of like that era. Like, they, let's make big things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the 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 term Kaiju. Uh, kaiju means uh, strange creature. Mm-hmm. In in in. Uh, it, it, it's basically just a a word specifically for this sort of thing, I guess. Right. It, and it's, it's just like, like the form of cryptid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big old stupid cryptid, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. And uh, there's not really a whole lot of history on on kaiju before Godzilla. I mean, there's like there's like stories about big monsters and all that sort of thing. But the, this is kind of like where they like. Where we the kaiju that we we know of today is created. Wouldn't Nessie and, be a kaiju? <laughs> I guess. I mean, um, I don't really think so. Just because Nessie uh, is just generally considered to be like a prehistoric dinosaur that's never really evolved. It's like a shark, you know, like those big like the megalon. Oh, stuff a like mega that. shark, yeah. Yeah, like they had that stupid shark movie that just came out. Not megalon. Did. Megalon is a monster that Godzilla fights. Oh, never mind. But... <laughs> okay, well at least I'm on at least I'm on topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Godzilla versus Megalon, by the way, fantastic. <laughs> Masterpiece. But yeah, no, but yeah, I think Nessie's just like a prehistoric thing that never evolved and never changed, so I don't yeah. really consider and that. And Godzilla is more like a big iguana that uh, <laughs> got radiated. He, he drank too much radiation mm. juice. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, um, yeah, I don't know, and then that that is definitely one thing to mention about Godzilla, as long as we're talking about history of kaiju. I don't know if the other kaiju fall into this category, but the origin of Godzilla is important because he is essentially a man-made thing. Yes. Because yeah. he is the direct result of 
nuclear war and nuclear power. Exactly. And, and you know, I, it's not necessarily ham-fisted, but it's very obvious that he is supposed to be an allegory for the bomb. Oh, yeah. And, and for nuclear war and kind of just like this big destructive force as a physical res- representation. And does that does that occur in some of the other ones? Like what like what's Gamera's backstory? What's Rodan's backstory? Are they also like mutated creatures that are the result of no. human intervention? They're li- they're a little bit more uh fantasy than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rodan Rodan is approached a lot like a like a 50s American monster. Really? Like it's like just a big bird that kind of shows <laughs> up and fucks shit up. And Mothra's like an alien helper. Yeah, and Mothra's an alien. I knew that one. Uh, and he's got the twins and I'm all sure kinds of other the stuff. Best boy. And, and Gamera has always been approached from like he's a friendly guy. Oh, is like he? Like a big friendly monster type thing. Okay. Like Gamera. Well, it depends. But it, a lot of the, in a lot of versions of Gamera, he's approached as being. Uh, a a, f- a friendly presence. Mm. So Godzilla is kind of unique in having like a more substantive reason to exist. In the beginning, <laughs> yes. And, and and if we're talking about alignments here, Godzilla pretty much in every film is a true neutral. Yeah. Uh, he 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 helps, but only because he's having something to fight. So he's a he's only really helping because he's fighting something else. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he's really still destroying everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's only helping because he's being attacked, and then he just kind of walks into the ocean at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a lot guys. of the time. In the, bye, in, bye, in the, bitch. Yeah, in the movies where he's quote unquote good, uh, he's really just fighting another monster just so he has something to do. Uh, <laughs> he's bored. He, he wants a scrap. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of films where he's just got out of his way to protect humans. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some examples, but it's really like mostly him just fighting for the sake of fighting and then going away when he's finished. Right. You're not gonna see still- a child shout. Thanks, Godzilla! And Godzilla yeah, waves. Yeah, amidst, the, amidst the rubble of her yeah, house and yeah. everything around. There's never been a movie where Godzilla f- picked up a trowel and started trying to rebuild a building. Like, like he has never helped in the reconstruction. He's just like, uh, how about you bust this table? I'd <laughs> like to see that, though. I'd like to see Godzilla like try to rebuild a house. Can you imagine? He just like sitting there with like like a magnifying like monocle on, oh, just like, like trying to piece back together <laughs> yeah. this little house like it's a dollhouse. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's never <laughs> going to happen. But if it does, I will watch it. <laughs> Trust me, I will watch it. Uh, now the the creator, like the actual design of Godzilla, the creator of Godzilla of the creature itself is a guy named. Uh, and I'm gonna, we're gonna tr- tr- stumble over a lot of fucking names Let's here, by the way, because they're names. very Japanese. Let's butcher some names here for just a second. <laughs> the creator of the creature design of Godzilla is a guy named Teizo Toshimitsu. Uh, I think that's the best way I can I can pronounce it. But uh, uh, Teizo Toshimitsu yeah. is his name. Yeah, that, and, that, that's close. I think I think that's and close and, and he basically he of course as you can see kind of based Godzilla on a lot of different kind of dinosaurs like iguanodons and he's got like the stegosaurus scales on mm-hmm. his back and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing and it's uh, Gojira itself is actually a an amalgamation of two Japanese words for uh, for uh, gorilla and whale mm. uh, <laughs> huh so like he, the characters are the same. Right, yeah, yeah. and they call him Godzilla in the film, but Gojira, the word specifically, is like a combination of those two words okay. in Japanese. Yeah. Um, 
And as you probably know, uh, Godzilla is portrayed uh, by a guy in a suit. He's <laughs> uh, a big rubber suit, uh, essentially. There were three blimps in the suit. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, yeah, there's multiple people in the suit, but there's like a main guy in the suit, essentially, that is walking around and portraying like the walking Godzilla as we know. But there's a, there was a couple different people that played Godzilla in the suit because it took so much effort you to walk it was like around. Fucking sixty pounds or something. Right? Two hundred. Oh, two hundred pounds. Two hundred. Oh my pounds. god, that's like carrying another person. It's a big like, boy. That's crazy. That's carrying almost. That's carrying. That's carrying two... an American. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 The, the suit, because it had so many layers of latex and all that stuff, it weighed 200 pounds, and it was very labor intensive to walk around, uh, and and it was just sweaty. You you can yeah. see just, how labor intensive yeah. it is to walk around with how slow Godzilla moves. Yeah, yeah. you really feel for the guy. Oh, yeah. I I really <laughs> felt for the bloke. Yeah. You just you really feel uh. Feel for the guy in the suit. And the guy, the name of the guy in the suit, by the way, is uh, Haruo uh, Nakajima, uh, which he passed away a few years ago, oh. uh, unfortunately. But yeah, he 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 was the main portrayer of Godzilla in the suit. There were a couple other guys uh, that uh, that walked around in the suit or or did the tail effects yeah. or did like the mouth opening mm. effects or whatever. But he was the main guy walking around. The main thing that I want to say about the suit and the overall design of Godzilla. Uh, and this is coming from a perspective. I just watched this movie last week for the first time. Mm. Um, the design of Godzilla has remained relatively the same. Like, when you watch this first movie, he is instantly recognizable yeah. as at least a version of Godzilla yeah. that we know today. There are a couple of those versions of Godzilla that have, like, the longer snout, like, from 2000. Yes. Mm. And then there's been a couple where, like, minor details are changed. Mostly but, the changes are in the face. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. overall, the whole design is still instantly recognizable yeah. and to get that right the first time in the first movie that is actually saying the, a lot the key for me in every godzilla design and, and it's really mostly the tail and the face that changes in every design mm -hmm. and the those scales are, are always there the, it, if you have the scales the back scales mm -hmm. if you get those right then i feel like you get the godzilla yeah. you have to get them right because those are the ones that like light up and when he's about to do yes. his fucking crazy shit yeah. and everything so I that's really important <laughs> yeah, he's great. And I, then the only other thing, other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is, um, so this is still at its heart a giant monster movie. Mm. Um, and I just think that the way the effects are done in this are are really really good, and and I almost like them a lot more than any of the other its other contemporaries as as far as big giant monster yes. movies. Because you had like a lot of the Universal horror stuff before this, or around the same time. I can't remember when the Universal horror that stuff was, was before. Yeah, this. That, yeah that was, was like early, that was forties and thirties, thirties, forties. So yeah. I, around this same era, I'm not exactly sure what it to compare it with the, th the thing oh, okay uh, the yeah, thing see, from another world yeah and see one thing that i think is a hallmark of a lot of the monster movies that we would have known up to this point is that they're all in like little claustrophobic environments yeah. i mean the, the monsters look good uh, as a shadow and then they look good up close and everything like that but there's not a whole lot of action with them sometimes right. yeah. with this they made this whole big set with a whole big city and yeah. it's out and open and he's fucking the, shit up and it I, looks great yeah. i can only imagine at the time that this movie, like special effects wise, was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. It was probably like, how did they do this? The, um, uh, the special effects director, um, I get to put her name now, uh, <laughs> Eiji Subaraya. 
Yeah, that's probably that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, like we we were like, damn, his his damn, this shit is like iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, there's. There's a lot of scenes where they have basically a like people in the forefront and then the big monster in the background, like where they do a mm. lot of a, a lot of like placing shots over shots mm-hmm. type thing. Like the one, the big like one of the iconic scenes from Gojira is the one where his head comes over the hill. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that scene. Like like <laughs> like that one, and then the scene where all those people are running down that alleyway, and then he comes across in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's just so many shots of just him in the background where they just like placed film over film, and uh, most of the work on this film, as you can probably imagine, was actually just doing the special effect shots because mm-hmm. they did they did a lot of shots of you know the actual people scenes and all the dialogue and stuff, and then they went back and they did all the special effects just like they do with most films. Yeah. Uh, and then, but it was just it was a lot of work to try and merge the two together. Yeah. I can as imagine. you can probably imagine, that's yeah, why, and that's why, especially, and, and there are some there's some some damage to some of the original film, but that's why when you when you watch any like restorations or remasters. Of Gojira, there's a lot of jumpy edits. In yeah, it. yeah uh, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but there is. I mean, you know, they can only do so much. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I, just sitting there watching it, I was trying to think of like how they would have done most of this because yeah, a lot of it is manipulating film, like yeah. actually sitting there with frame after frame and just trying to like it's like animation almost uh, to a certain degree yeah. for a lot of the special effects. Yeah, and that's just so time and like time intensive and costly and it's just amazing that they were able to do it to this level that they were able to achieve and like i said it still looks really good like i even said when we were watching it i was like wow like this looks great i mean yeah. i know it's because we have it on like dvd or blu-ray or whatever yeah. and it's been remastered but it still looks crisp it's still really seamless really good. like yeah it really yeah. you can believe that that's a massive monster and not a bloke in a mm-hmm. suit whereas yeah. if you look at a yeah. lot of those sort of especially like not universal, but like the stuff like um, it came from outer space and all like all that. The ones where you can yeah. tell it's a bloke in a suit, like yeah. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. You can see right through their mouth Shut. at their eyes one of those times. I mean, Shut like they didn't up. even have this technology when they made Stop. that movie, and this movie came out. Return so much of the earlier. Jedi. You can see the people in the Ewoks eye you can see the Ewok suits, you can see their <laughs> eyes behind the costume. Oh no. <laughs> uh, okay. Like <laughs> how can special effects uh, master Tarjukas fuck it up more than some bloke in the fifties? Yeah, I love how we're just kind of just slowly tearing away yeah. at something you love. <laughs> hey, I, I like I'll Return kill, of the Jedi. I'll kill both of you. <laughs> Look, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. <laughs> Anyway, uh, other than the effects, one of the other things that really endured over time and that they basically kept the same uh, is the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main the main theme for Godzilla has stayed the same pretty much throughout all of the films. Like the that whole yeah. thing mm-hmm. that is a a theme that has stayed throughout the whole franchise since 1954. They basically had that like, and I. I I don't know, like, you can't really beat that that Godzilla theme. Like, yeah, it's just no, the fucking it, best. It instantly <laughs> just conjures up, it, at least to me, it instantly conjures up images of, like, a shit ton of military troops rushing to a disaster. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like, let's get this fucking shit sorted. It's like a march. It's very... A little bit, yeah. It's very lumbering, yeah. Yeah. which is, which is kind of how it should feel. It's supposed to be about Godzilla, the big lumbering... Mm. 
uh, doofus. It, it, the big lumbering doofus <laughs> who shoots who shoots atomic rays out of his mouth hole. My lizard son. My, uh, <laughs> my, my pro, I'm proud of my lizard son. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a lumbering march, and mm-hmm. that's that's it. Very much works for the whole franchise, uh, and I'm I'm like that's one of those things that has endured throughout the franchise mm-hmm. uh, that I think that they did really well. Mm. So let's get into the messages uh, <laughs> of this film, and and, and I, I don't think we really need to talk about the synopsis of Godzilla. He shows up, he destroys shit. They blow him up with a big bomb. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Actually, they don't really blow him up. You kept saying blow him up. They yeah, kind of disintegrate him. Yeah. He kind of uh, just fizzles away like Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is a big Godzilla tablet <laughs> in, in some seawater, but yeah. And then just leaves behind some bones. Yeah. And they get to make a soup. Yeah. bones <laughs> uh, They make a big Godzilla soup. Mm-hmm. But basically, it, it's a pretty simple story like the actual story yeah. is simple but like the way they approach it is very tactful because everything feels just like just like in shin godzilla everything feels like wow this seems like the best way they would have to approach this type of nationalist disaster yeah. everything yeah. like that and into into his credit that is one thing that uh that shin godzilla got right uh and analyzed very closely uh, about the original uh, Gojira is that it's a simple story, but the the political and the cultural things that happen within it are complex. Mm-hmm. The it, it's that, a simple story, but the message is deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it's deep, deeper than the water that they disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> and see, even going back to that courtroom scene, you think mm. about them talking about what kind of information to release to the public. Think about how that actually must have been in post-war Japan after the bombs fell. This is a brand new weapon. No one's ever seen anything like this before. Nuclear nuclear power, nuclear energy, nuclear fission is not really fully understood. Mm. What type of information about the effects of radiation and what it's like to be in that area? What type of information do we tell the public? Because on one hand, we have a giant restoration effort that needs to happen to get like life back in place. <laughs> But then on the other hand, you have a huge national health crisis that's just killing people. And most people don't even understand why, because radiation sickness hasn't yeah. really been fully understood. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole other thing entirely, too. That's just like the whole undercurrent of like, oh, there's this thing that we have to deal with because of, you know, there, there's this thing that we don't understand that's happening to, to a whole bunch of people in our society underneath all of the other turmoil that's yeah. going on yeah. on top. You know, it's... I don't know. There's I mean, a lot of layers there. Think about yeah. how poorly we've dealt with the Flint, Michigan thing oh, with God. the with the water. Oh, think oh, about oh, how oh. poorly we've dealt with that. Think about how much, how you would have had to do that on a massive scale with radiation sickness have in the fifties. Have either of you seen Dark Tourist? No. Yes. Have you seen that? There's a the very first episode of Dark Tourist. It's this guy who he goes around and he does like weird tourism things. And the first episode is about people who go in to uh that irradiated area of japan where that the um the reactor melted down when the tsunami oh, hit on the, yeah. on the shore yeah yeah uh and and it's how it's still incredibly radiated mm-hmm. and people are just going right into it essentially like there was a tour into it. it's like a secret oh undercover tour essentially Jesus and Christ. like they're trying to avoid like the police and all that sort of thing and how that whole thing is just 
handled very poorly too. That's yeah, like how that's a big mess. And I mean, people know how bad that is because I mean, did you ever hear stories about the aftermath of that? In order to control that meltdown, there were employees that had to that said, "We will continue to work here to save mm. millions of lives," and they obviously suffered ridiculous yeah. consequences. But they had such a determination to prevent an even larger disaster that they gave their lives to stop that. And so to have a tour into that place seems very disrespectful. It's like, fuck right off, yeah. sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and normally it's not, I, I noticed that, it's not really Japanese people who go touring there. It's actually like dumb Americans. I was about to say, no, it's just insensitive Typically. tourists. Yeah. 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 And that's that's pretty typical. Ugh. Yeah. Because yeah, there are pe people that go into Chernobyl and yeah. shit too. And and I, was, I was about to talk about yeah. that. I think our, our misunderstanding or the general public's misunderstanding of radioactivity yeah. and like nuclear waste and all that sort of stuff. And we talked about this when we talked about the Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about how we we misplace uh, nuclear waste and how we put it in like places that do, that it does not need like to be near caves at and all. Fucking, yeah. yeah, and or, underground where it can yeah, poison groundwater. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We put it in places where it is very unsafe to put it. Uh, just dump it in the ocean. And, uh, never, <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it, yeah, you know, yeah. Th that's just another whole side of the whole infrastructure problem. Like in this country, like we, our infrastructure is crumbling. And one of the most necessary pieces of infrastructure is going to be how to deal with nuclear waste. And we still haven't figured it out. Y'all have never infrastructure. Yeah, right. Shut up. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you drive the roads in Denton, you can see that. Oh they're, my god, they're no, just I, slapping. I've driven slapping the roads in Denton. I know. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, there's construction all the time, but it never feels like they fix anything. Oh, yeah. They just put bandages on it, and then they're like, okay, now your axle can be destroyed tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it's very obvious that this this is, like we said, an allegory for nuclear war and for the bomb and how Godzilla is a physical representation of that. Um, but, it, but there is, like, a deeper kind of underpinning, underpinning there, mm. and that is that... The oxygen bomb, the thing that they kill Godzilla with, is basically like an allegory for the arms race. Yeah. Where it's like you make a bigger and bigger and worse and worse thing to combat this awful thing that yeah. was created. And where it's like this big, like, where does it end sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Is like, does it, you know, where where do we stop? Does it just end with the annihilation of the human race, essentially? Or does it end with the the destruction of nature mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. the destruction of our morality? Yeah. Or, 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 you know, where does it, where do we draw the line of we're going to make bigger and bigger bombs until everyone's dead. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You really catch an Oppenheimer or Einstein vibe mm, from yes. the scientist character yeah. because he, uh, like a lot of scientist characters in this type of film, they definitely, they're saying, no, I don't want to use this. Right. Uh, I, I feel like it would be a detriment to society. I feel like there's a lot of, I, you, this could be used for a lot of good, but in the wrong hands, it is going to be very detrimental. And as a result, you know, he uses it once and then kills himself. He yeah. just doesn't come back up from the ocean. So there's yep. definitely a, an understanding on his part and obviously on the writer's part that, yeah, technology is advancing, but it has to be cu like curated by the right people. Otherwise, we're going to have a lot more problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Dr. Serizawa, which is that character, we um, were watching it. I immediately thought of uh, Otacon in Metal Gear Solid, where he's like, mm -hmm. but I built this massive robot that my dad built. Uh, my granddad had a, <laughs> my granddad had a hand in bombing the Japanese. <laughs> good, good. I mean, could you, you could tell Kojima likes this film. Um, oh yeah, of but course. it's like Octagon's like I built this big robot. 
to help people. Why is the bad man using it? It's like <laughs> big surprise. It's like no shit, Otacon. <laughs> so I did. I did yeah. call Doctor Serizawa Venomoticon for most of the film. <laughs> Yeah, in, in in like yeah, Sarazawa is very much like that kind of reluctant scientist type character. It is a very say what you will about the acting in this film, but the I feel I like, like the, the writing acting. is there. I know. Yeah. I was about to say. I feel like everyone did a really good job. I feel like it, it puts the message across really well. Yeah, you know, they yeah. did a really good job. Yeah, of it. And, and, and I'm not going to say that the acting is phenomenal. There is the the acting is just good enough to make it very good do you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah like it's, it's just just good enough to where you're not focusing on the acting mm-hmm. you, it's it's putting the point across and that's that's what the film needs because it has to stay camp a little bit oh just yeah for, just for the, yeah. the just yeah. for the nature of the film because it's not like a photorealistic lizard or anything right. everyone knows it's a guy in a suit yeah so we don't have this isn't shakespeare guys but we do have some things we want to say right Let's do it, it well it keeps your attention enough yeah you know what i mean sure. it's like that it's that sort of thing where it's the writing is so good that it doesn't matter that the acting is not phenomenal mm-hmm. you know what i yeah. mean it's but that's it's the 50s type acting you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like there was really great performances in the 30s and 40s and then they got <laughs> they got a little bit hokier in the 50s and 60s and then i don't know yeah you know i don't know acting styles have just changed so much mm-hmm. so you definitely have to watch this in the lens of this is from a different time and a different school yeah. of acting so yeah and that's a lot of the old films that we talk oh, about yeah. you got to walk into it with a different mindset yeah you know you can't you can't sit there trying to analyze it's just fucking enjoy the movie shut up <laughs> You know, and I say that about a lot of stuff. Just shut up and enjoy the movie. <laughs> Just enjoy um, the big but, lizard. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know, like, this film is, it's one of those things where you have to watch it maybe a couple times. Because if you're if you're that kind of person that does kind of analyze things, you have to sit there and you have to make that, that first watch is you trying to get over that it's a guy in a suit. <laughs> and then the second watch, you're you're trying to analyze what they're actually saying, like with the actions, with the film, with the the dialogue, and with all all, all the sort of things that they're mm. they're trying to to, to underline there. Uh, and I think that it is a film that benefits from multiple watches. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's there's a lot of little things in there that you may not have picked up on the first time. Actually, right, really quick, right before we go, like so. What was the whole oxygen destroyer thing? Was it just that it took all the oxygen out of the water and that's what was like killing the fish? Yes. And disintegrating them? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was a little bit confused about know. it. At first, I thought it was something in it that would that drove all the fish crazy and they attacked each other. That's no. what I kept. Because they never actually showed what was happening in the tank until later. And I'm just like, why are they about to have give like this fish cocaine to Godzilla? This is all going to be worse. <laughs> fish, fish cocaine. <laughs> I'm definitely putting that in the description of the episode, yes. uh, by okay. the way, uh, fish cocaine. Love it. Uh, no, and, and, you know, they can only do so much with the special effects yeah. in 1954, but uh, it's, yeah, it takes all of the oxygen out of the water. Mm. I don't know why that disintegrates yeah, their uh, skin, but <laughs> I'm not trying to focus I'm on that. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Everything in the water becomes an Alka-Seltzer t- tablet. That's what we're trying <laughs> okay, to say. Yes. Um, I'm fine with that. But uh, there are uh, there's really two versions of this movie, by yeah. the way. Uh, there's an American version and a Japanese version. Uh, and obviously, I'm going to say watch the Japanese version 
Uh, I'm not going to say don't watch the American version because it is interesting to see the two approaches to the film. Yeah, we don't, just got a very different movie, though. D- d- don't, don't watch the dub. Watch the sub. <laughs> but it's yeah. not even that. It's not even just that no, it no. was redubbed in, in English or anything There's, like that. It's a little bit more complicated yeah. than that. It, it was dubbed in the American version. The American version is dubbed, but it's also narrated over a lot of the big the big scenes with Godzilla, which is... It, so basically, you know, Gojira, the uh, the Japanese one, is very socially conscious. It's very serious. Mm. the The American one is very much like another big monster movie, mm-hmm. and that's that's how it's approached, and that's how it's edited. It's kind of re-edited too to like give it kind of a different pacing. Mm. Um, but it's a lot of just a guy talking over and describing things that are happening. A, a lot of giant monster stuff, or even like a lot of the horror movie stuff from this era, does feels a lot like rehashing of War of the Worlds. You know what I mean? They always present it in a very yes. similar yeah. way. Yeah. A lot of panic. Always a guy kind of narrating what what the story is. Ah, oh, and now we see, and 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 now we see the lizard. He 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 is he is taking the ridge. Oh my God, the humanity! Like that whole yeah. fucking type of thing. Exactly. So I don't know. That's a very American way to present this material mm, yeah. in a way that doesn't make people feel quite as bad about dropping a bomb not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. Because in the American version, is that really addressed at all? That it's kind of a man-made invention of nuclear and war? kind of the Americans' fault. <laughs> that is glazed over, yes. Okay. Um, that is glazed over, but yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where obviously they were trying to edit it because they thought it was too serious. Yeah. They were they were saying this is just a big monster movie; we shouldn't take this as seriously. But that's not to say that the Japanese version wasn't, you know, released in America. There were definitely there were definitely like people at the time who said, "Yeah, this is saying a lot of interesting things." Like there was, you know, it wasn't like mainstream media essentially mm-hmm. that was that was saying, "Hey, you should go and watch this film. It's very socially conscious." It was people that. That later, you know, we're saying, uh, yeah, this is we you we should really watch this film and understand what they're trying to say mm-hmm. here because they're saying a lot of important mm. things. Could you access the, the, the Japanese version over here? Like, did it, did it get a release around the same time? Like maybe a smaller one or something? Or was yeah, it there was you... a small release of the Japanese version. Oh, okay, that's great. Um, but yeah, they they basically took it and made it into the American version, <laughs> and then that was the only one you saw in America for a long time was the was the American version. Hmm. So if that was the only version that you saw, you just kind of saw that Godzilla had his origins as just another big monster yeah. movie. Uh, but then you go back and watch the Japanese one, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I feel bad now. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is, is no other Godzilla film really is socially conscious yeah. other than the first one and then Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are just kind of for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they seem like it. And that and that's fine, you know. And I love like Gojira, the first Godzilla film is really not my favorite one. I think it's a really, really good film. But some of my favorite Godzilla films are just the stupid ones. Yeah, like the one with Jet Jaguar. And like, yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalon, yeah. which I t- I talked about earlier. Or Godzilla and, vs. Uh, the Smoke Monster. I love that one. Technically, that one has a message. It's about pollution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's also a lot of other weird shit. It's weird. That movie is off the wall. Yeah, it, that one it is weird. Off the wall. That was that one along with the Godzilla 2000 and the other, and uh, the Zilla one. That one was one of the first ones I saw as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla vs. Smog Monster. 
Oh God. See, and that was me try that was me after seeing those other two, you know, trying to get get with my friend and get a little more <laughs> into it. And so rather than watching like a good one or something, we watched the smog monster one and I was kinda turned off for a while after that because I was like, that movie's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not the worst Godzilla. Because the worst Godzilla is Revenge of Godzilla. It feels a little, like, untraditional, though. Like, as far as in the scope of Godzilla. It's not a typical Godzilla film. In a way, it's kind of more towards a traditional Godzilla because it is Mm. trying to say something. I guess, yeah. Um, But it is not... There's a lot of other stuff other than, like... It is not focused on Godzilla. It's more of a people-focused <laughs> yeah. one, and you can tell that that's going to be a bad one, at least in that particular era mm-hmm. of Godzilla. That's the what we call the Showa era of Godzilla. Um, and that's that's where you, you were just like, okay, where's the monsters? Like, <laughs> like the, you can tell in that era, like when it's more people-focused, you're just like, oh, this is going to be bad, isn't it? Who <laughs> oh, wants people um, so you can have good boys? Yeah. How did they break that down anyway? If we're going to talk about Godzilla, I do know that there are different eras. Are do, do, do the eras just refer to the 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 era in Japanese history that they're made in? Partially, mm. yes. Uh, other, it's also the design of Godzilla and kind of there are key there are keystone films that that start each era off. Uh, the Showa era is the longest one and the one that went the longest, and that was about from. That's from Gojira to, I'm trying to remember what the film right before uh, The Return of Godzilla is. Uh, I think it was, um, uh, I, I can't remember what it is, but it's like, I think it's Mo- versus Monster Zero or something like mm-hmm. that. But it's the Showa era is all the, is like the 50s, 60s, 70s. That's, okay. that's, that's Showa era Godzilla films. Okay. And then the one, the the second era is called the Heisei era, and that started off with Return of Godzilla, uh, was the 1984 Godzilla, where it's just Godzilla again. It's basically a remake of, of Gojira, oh, essentially. Okay. And it's not, it's not quite as socially conscious as Gojira is, but it's still a pretty decent film. In the 80s, it was a different yeah. climate, though, for it to be released, because the 80s is when, like, relations, I feel like, between Japan and America became a lot more, more normalized, yeah. because... That's when trade really started opening exactly. up. We were buying their cars. We were buying their TVs. We pretty much we, and then the youth in Japan was starting to become a lot more happy with America and like understanding of our cultural differences and stuff like that. There was more cultural sharing. Yeah, just like the older generation. There's not so much you know anti-American sentiment in Japanese culture. I mean, there always has been in the older generation. There always will be. I feel like, but the younger generations really started. Relations became better. Let's right. just put it that and way. And the Heisei era is when you <coughs> saw, like, Space Godzilla and, like, <laughs> Destroya and, like, all these, like, Biolanti. That's, like, all those films. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. my favorite era of Godzilla, by the way. Because Godzilla vs. Destroya is one of my favorite films ever made. And I cry at the end of it every <laughs> time. Because uh, Godzilla Aww. dies. Um, but... It, he dies it, in like half of them. He dies in a <laughs> in a couple of them, but that is the saddest death oh, because okay. that's basically the end of the Heisei era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff that happens. And then you have the Millennium Era, which starts with Godzilla 2000. Okay. Uh, and that's Godzilla 2000, Final Wars, Tokyo SOS, like all those like kind of the weird yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's where they were just trying new shit. Yeah. And Godzilla Final Wars. Please watch it. There's, there's so like every monster comes back. First of all, every monster nice. comes back. 
uh, weird weird chainsaw hand Gigan comes back. <laughs> uh, Zilla, the 1998 wow. Godzilla comes back, and the glorious end where King Ghidorah comes back. And uh, there's like some motorcycle riding scenes that are kind of like reminiscent of Matrix Reloaded. Nice. Oh my god! Like in it, there's <laughs> there the whole like human component in Final Wars is fucking amazing. Cool. Uh, it's it's so good. But Final Wars is like the last of the Millennium Era, and then there was a big break until the the Gareth Edwards mm. Godzilla came out. Mm, the American one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, was it 2014? I think. It oh, was. the one the with, with Brian Cranston that really sucks. Yes. Right. That you. I actually thought it was okay. Haven't seen it yet. Um, Can't get into this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <I didn't> like <laughs> As a, yeah, and that's fine. A lot of people didn't like it for a multitude of reasons. A lot of the human dialogue writing and stuff was stupid and all, bad. Yeah. All the all the complaints I've heard is just that there's not enough monster stuff. Yeah, there. there's not enough. You you just... have to you have to admit though that Halo drop scene. Oh yeah, no. very very good. Yeah, <laughs> very very good. Very well done. Uh, and and there's just there's some fighting scenes. The fucking scene where he opens up the monster's mouth and fucking atomic breath down the throat. Oh, the monster amazing. you gotta fucking admit that that is fucking badass yeah that is pretty sick but then then basically we're in the modern era where it's kind of spottier films and then basically legendary is trying to make their own monster verse with like mm-hmm. kong skull island and king of monsters and uh by the way godzilla king of monsters comes out may 31st yeah oh, nice. uh yeah next so, month I, did, I thought it was further away no. no it's pretty close and that's a toho one right or is that legendary? no that's a legendary oh, okay. film. Yeah, that's, that's a one of the monster verse ones uh, the last Toho one was Shin Godzilla. Right. Yeah, I, I knew that. I was just wondering when. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's where we are in the franchise. There's been a lot of films. Uh, like I said, since 1954, they've been making this stuff, and okay. there's no sign of them stopping. <laughs> They're just gonna kind of keep doing it. D- and... Did we look up anything about? Because um, I, I, I'm not sure, but as far as what the box office take was versus uh, how much it took to make uh, the original one. Uh, I did not no. look that up. It looked mostly because pretty... I wasn't really what it was focused on, I guess. Sure. No, I, I, it's just uh, interesting information. That yeah, I, I mean, because, yeah, I was trying to focus a little bit more on, like, what we it was actually trying to say. If For we're sure. going, because it's in yen, oh, so the budget was okay. 100 million yen, <laughs> the box office was 183 million. Yeah. Okay. And then in, in the U.S., it was 562,000. Dollars U.S. Which that's not bad in for the time. Yeah, for the time, 1954, that's, really good. that's pretty good. Yeah, and so uh, well, my my the where I was going with that is that they keep making so many because I mean, you take the politically consciousness out of it, and even then, it is still a very marketable IP. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? People want to yeah. see a big ass lizard tearing down Tokyo. Big ass lizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a marketable idea, and uh, and it's definitely stuck around for so long just because it's fun it's fun to watch it is fun it's fun to get into you know and then i do like i definitely like it more when they take a narrative approach like in shin godzilla and like in gojira where they focus a little bit more on kind of the implications of the world around us and then how godzilla fits into that context that's always Definitely what I watch it more, a little bit more than just the mindless flailing around of a monster. You know, that's just me, though. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mildly start wrapping up because I am hungry and I need to eat before work. <laughs> <laughs> no food required. No food is ever required. So, yeah. Just keep going until your stomach starts to get what are What are some of our favorite moments here? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, my favorite... Oh, go ahead. Just when you see Big Lizard Boy for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like when he comes over yeah, the ridge? it makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a good yeah, scene. It's a really well done scene. My favorite scene, and this is just... I love all the talking scenes, but my favorite scene is when he just comes to that bridge, and he's just standing there, and he's just like, the, the fuck is this doing here? <laughs> he just kind of picks it up and moves it off to the side, and then just keeps going. I don't know why, but I laugh at that every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the ending scene where he gets disintegrated, where mm-hmm. he's just like, ah! You know, yeah, like, he's just good. like I am a big alchemist. So sad. That, they do play yeah, uh, pretty I sad. I thought that would make yeah. you sad. Like I was like, no, poor, poor Zach. I think of this because he dies at the end. I think of this Godzilla as a different Godzilla than the Godzilla that I normally watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I separate him from the other Godzillas. Fair uh, I feel like the, all the other Godzillas that we see are all just like di- different eggs that hatched. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, because he dies at the end, I feel like mm. this one is isolated to just this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of think of him separately, and that's why I don't really have as much sympathy. I uh, guess okay. I just think of him as a big monster. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, um, yeah, that's my favorite scene for sure. Um, but basically, our, our closing thoughts on this, uh, I, I, I'm gonna say watch it. It's it, it. If you're interested at all in that that post war era of Japan and kind of what they were going through culturally, this is you should watch this. Yeah, yeah. It really sets up a lot of Japanese popular culture going forward. Yes. And um, yeah, no, I think it's a super important movie both for the genre and for the Japanese film industry and for uh, for just giant monster movie, just monster movies and horror movies in general, really, because yeah. it was able to really add a lot to the fabric of what makes movies cool. If you're a weeb <laughs> or not. That might be a cue. <laughs> talk to you. I'll be down in a minute. Why? <laughs> Leave all this in. I love it. I'll turn on and I'll be down in a minute, okay? Can I just stay with you? Okay, be cool, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, <laughs> social media and such. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have a Patreon. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Facebook, just search Podcast of the Dead. Instagram and Twitter are both at PC of the Dead. Uh, Patreon is at PC of the Dead. Or, well, it's not at PC of the Dead, but it's patreon.com slash PC of the Dead. And uh, we have an email, uh, podcastofthedead at gmail.com. Please uh, email us about all that sweet, sweet horror. Give us suggestions, yeah. people. Give and, us suggestions. Uh, as always, we love you, and thank you for listening to our garbage fires. Week after week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, there was no garbage fire <laughs> last week. Now there's a big garbage fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huge, gigantic garbage fire this week, but that's okay. I will edit it accordingly. <laughs> uh, we love you. Thank uh, you so much for bye, listening. Bye, lads. Bye. Bye. <laughs>